T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, it's Josh Klingler. Check out the Nutmeg Podcast as I sit down with various members of Sporting KC to find out what makes that organization tick. It's on the 435 Podcast Network. Download each episode now on the Radio.com app. Hi! Welcome back into the Force to Punt Podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. As always, I am joined by Dusty Likens. Got a lot to get to. On this episode, we've got a lot of Week 9 action ahead of us. Um, A pretty lackluster trade deadline. There was all day long. I feel like the NFL gets us with this every year. Um, It's never as fun as the NBA trade deadline. And the NBA trade deadline is always amazing. And every year, we're like, the NFL trade deadline gonna be unbelievable and like a couple of guys switch teams and then for the most part everybody hangs back and nobody actually does anything because the nfl all of these teams are run by egotistical morons for the most part old white guys it's the (laughs) the guys that well and and the general managers that are really really good at this stuff the ones that always find value that always seem to get like how the hell they get that guy for a fifth round pick like You talking the, about Tlaib? Like Bill Belichick. No, that's and th- that's a completely different <laughs> thing. Like Chiefs fans, I'll piss off about Aqib Tlaib. Please. Aqib Tlaib he hasn't been that hasn't been that good this year. He's had injury problems the last few seasons. Yeah. He's not gonna be back until week fifteen, which gives him zero opportunity to really integrate himself into a defense, and he's not like a shadow corner anymore. No. So get out of here. Like the Rams just wanted to get rid of him. Like that they contract. Just, they they was a straight up NBA style salary dump. Yeah. Is all that was. So Chiefs fans, you can get pissy about it, but it doesn't mean anything to me. And I don't I wasn't interested in Akeeb Talib anyways. Like if you're gonna go out and make a move, go out and make a move. Akeeb Talib's not a real move. Why do most like major trades happen like a week before the NFL trade deadline? Because those are the teams that are already on top of it. Yeah. Like, those I mean, the, Baltimore those, made the trade. Like, you, you have the, the idiots like Bruce Allen and the Washington Redskins who were for six months. Trent Williams isn't for sale. Trent Williams is not on the trade market. Then the day comes and they're like, shit, that guy's not going to report. Maybe yeah. we can actually get something for him. Maybe teams will panic and we'll just put it out there at eight o'clock in the morning that he is available yeah. and somebody will panic and give us two first round picks for a 31 year old tackle. And then they cover their tracks and say he doesn't pass his physical today. Yeah. Which right. is crap. Yeah. Which Bunch is of crap. Horseshit. Yeah. It's just because yeah. he, it's just because he was just like, yeah, I'm not practicing. Yeah. What? Oh, he didn't pass his physical, but he yeah. was available for trade. And they said that he did like, pass he his passed? physical. Yeah. And then they came back and said he didn't pass his physical. Yeah. I don't know. NFL trade deadline, man. It's the biggest, uh, it's blue balls, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, it leads you up for a final like presentation, and then it just doesn't show up for the 
for yeah, the speech. It's never as good as we think it's going to be. We always really like we always spend weeks hyping it up like there's going to be so much action at this year's deadline. And was, was the last major big blockbuster is. NFL trade the Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey back when we were like 8? No, I mean there's been other high profile trades. Like that that big? I mean, I remember when that one happened. I was like, I mean, "Holy smokes, that's a number one corner for like, a number one Khalil, running back." I mean, Khalil Mack wasn't at the trade deadline. But yeah, Khalil Mack was a pretty high profile trade. That was big for the for like the number one over like yeah number one round first round draft pick. Man, uh, there's been pull. a lot of high profile trades. It's just that they they tend to not happen at the trade deadline, and we spend all this time hoping and praying. Like I was hoping that like you you can tell which teams are good at this and which teams suck at it. Like the Cincinnati Bengals are a joke. They, they decide a, the day of the trade deadline that they're going to bench Andy Dalton for a sixth round rookie quarterback. That's right. This obviously isn't going to work. In oh, your it's going. Oh, it's going to work. There's zero percent chance that dude's better than Andy Dalton this year. Your team just really, really sucks. Yeah. And AJ Green's coming back after the bye. He basically said that today that he's good to go. And he was like, "And if I was in the game, we wouldn't be zero and eight." And you refuse to move anybody, and Andy Dalton straight up, let it hang, Andy Dalton. I am all about it. Andy Dalton has ever said a goddamn thing in his life. He Andy did Dalton today, today is yeah. pissed. <laughs> he did today. They benched him on his birthday on trade deadline day and didn't even try to trade him, and Andy Dalton's like, yeah, I would have liked the opportunity to explore other options to get the hell out of Cincinnati. And... It, it it crushes me because as a guy that I've got AJ Green in multiple leagues, I've been waiting for him all year long to give me a late season wide receiver boost, and now you're telling me this cat? I don't even know his name. What's his name? Ryan Finley or something? Ryan Lindley? I don't even know what his name is. I still think it's unfair for AJ Green's shit comment to say we wouldn't be zero and eight if I was in there. That's oh, not uh, fair. No. Hell yeah, AJ Green. Hell yeah. No, eh. that's true. I believe that. That's not fair to say, though. I believe that. I don't. That team sucks. That team's yeah, defense no, they're sucks. they're god-awful. They're god-awful. Is A.J. Green going to play corner like 1999 Madden where you put Randy Moss as your cornerback and your receiver? Yeah, Ryan Finley is there. Is the rookie sixth-round quarterback Rostering. from NC State. He's going to light it up. Oh, NC don't State. Don't roster him. Oh, yeah. It's what it is. He's the next Phillip Rivers. This is ownership. Which their ownership is terrible. Their general manager is terrible. This is ownership finally conceding, okay, we're 0-8. We're in play for the number one overall pick. Let's just roll with this sixth-round rookie, and, and we'll just play it off like we're like. But we, they got rid of your boy. This is what we're uh, This is what we're trying to do. We're just trying to see what we got in him. I mean, they got rid of Marvin Lewis. That's what you wanted last year. Yeah. But so, they, they didn't improve the team, and I don't think, do you that, want I don't think that Zach Taylor is a terrible coach. Well, They've shown really some job. promise on offense. They're a poorly run franchise. They have mm. a bad ownership group, and they have a bad general manager, and they have for 20 years. Yeah. That's why they've never done anything. That's why Marvin Lewis, I don't think Marvin Lewis is a terrible coach. I don't think Marvin Lewis is a great coach either, but that's why he had job security for 15 years of being mediocre. Like the Bengals are a terrible, terribly run organization. The Washington is a terribly run organization. Yeah, and that's why you see these teams that they make trades ahead of time, like the Patriots, like you know the Eagles didn't wind up getting a deal done, but the Eagles are always super active in that regard because they're a really well-run team. And San Francisco appears like it is John Lynch is a really good general manager, and like that team is run really, really well, and they wound up getting a deal done because they knew – Hey, this is a Super Bowl caliber roster, 
and we've got one really, really weak deficiency, and it's at wide receiver. And they go out, they get a guy who is a very talented player who's probably past his prime, but he's still better than any of the young wide receivers that you have, and you better. get him at a fairly cheap cost. And he impacts right away. Yes. And so... They also are doing that. They're also undefeated with a quarterback who's thrown fewer touchdowns than the weeks they played. And he hasn't needed to. <laughs> I know. It's, it's awesome. Fantastic. But, it's literally so, old school football, and they're working yeah. it. So Thursday night football. Yeah. Niners. San Francisco 49ers, Zona. Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of that, uh, of that team, mm. uh, yeah, I'm playing Emmanuel Sanders in this game. Uh, you know, he was on a limited snap count last week. He still played like over 80% of the snaps. Pat Peterson going to uh, shadow him? Did wind up having a touchdown. Well, Pat- Patrick Peterson doesn't shadow him. He doesn't. Okay. I didn't know for no, sure. He, he okay. used to shadow a lot. He doesn't really do he's that. Right anymore. side now? Yeah. He's just one side of the field. So that, that helps a little bit. So with Emmanuel Sanders, you know, you can move Emmanuel Sanders to the slot. You can move him outside. You can try to help him avoid Patrick Peterson at all costs. And just put one of your other scrubs on Patrick Peterson. Oh the entire God! Time. This could I mean, be put a- put Dante Pettis. Everybody who is drafting Dante Pettis to be a huge fantasy contributor this year, put Dante Pettis on Patrick Peterson. Let him deal with that garbage all night. Put Emmanuel Sanders on the other yeah. side, or put Emmanuel Sanders in the slot. Let him have a game. I just thought of this. I don't know why I didn't talk about this before. God, George Kittle's going to have forty points. Yes, and so <laughs> Arizona, Lord. although they've been better the last couple of okay. weeks, oh, um, no. and Patrick Peterson helps overall. Uh, Arizona's still a bad football team. Their yeah. defense is still bad. They are still uh, really, mm. really bad against the tight end position. George Kittle, as you know, has been a fantastic yards-wise. Touchdowns haven't come, and he's he's had three touchdowns called back because of penalties. It's incredibly infuriating. I've got Kittle in multiple yeah. leagues. God, he's, uh, he's go been off. amazing. Like he's still even with Emmanuel Sanders. George Kittle's still their best pass catcher. Yeah, he's still by far the most talented offensive weapon that they have. And this is the NFL's most efficient running game that is just absolutely dominating in every possible way. George yeah. Kittle's still the most talented offensive player that that team has. For sure. So, I mean, I love this matchup across the board for the 49ers. Tevin uh, I'm, Coleman, Jesus. I'm starting Emmanuel Sanders. Tevin Coleman, absolutely. Yeah, he's um, got nobody behind him, right? They like, do. They are banged up. Uh, Matt Breed is banged up. He didn't practice yesterday. I haven't seen the report today on whether or not he practiced. Uh, then, I believe Raheem Moster also did not practice yesterday. Yeah, he's he banged up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jeff Wilson's going to be involved. But, like, basically with the 49ers, basically what you've been doing all week, especially or all year, especially if you're in deep leagues, like I'm in a dynasty league, that's got four flex positions, and I've got Jeff Wilson on my roster. If if any one of those four running backs isn't playing, I'm playing Jeff Wilson because yeah. he's going to have an opportunity to at least get a touchdown because they've had multiple games this year where they've had three fantasy-relevant running backs, and they did it again last week in a huge blowout. Like Matt, Matt Breed wound up leaving that game, but I think he would have been productive if he would have stayed in it, and he was still decent. Like He still got you something. He didn't just get you zero points. He still got you something before he went out. And then Mostert wound up with like 60 yards and a touchdown on top of Tevin Coleman's 100 yards, three touchdowns. So their rushing game is just so incredible that any of those guys who are active, if one of them is down, I'm starting any of the other other guys. Like and Obviously, Tevin Coleman's a guy that you want. He's going to be the you know potential breakout candidate, superstar running back for your fantasy team. Uh, in this offense, but if Jeff, if Moster and Brita, oh, you got to go pick up Jeff Wilson right now. He's probably available in a ton of leagues too. 
Yeah, I I'm trying to see if Breed of practice today or anything like that. I don't see anything on their like website about it or anything like that. But yeah, I'm uh, good lord. Yeah, I'm just worried that that game's going to be one sided too much between San Fran and Arizona. I think the only um, Arizona, I, but what are you what are you worried about? It was one sided last week against the Panthers, and they were still fantasy monsters. Yeah, I just don't think there's anybody you can possibly play at Arizona on Arizona's side of the ball. Like unless you know what there yeah, is, okay, well, there is yeah, Zane Gonzalez. That's okay. the only person I would play for Arizona. Um. Well, I mean, I dis. I mean, I'm not starting any Arizona Cardinal with any confidence. Um, Larry Fitz, no way, because they're yeah. I mean, they're. The 49ers defense has been incredible, uh, although uh, Kyle Allen did break the streak of three consecutive games of not allowing more than 100 passing yards. He had like 155. Thanks, Christian McCaffrey. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm not excited about starting any of the Arizona Cardinals. And, I mean, the so let's talk about the running back situation for a second. So Chase Edmonds has already been ruled out. David Johnson is a game time decision. Mm-hmm. They traded for Kenyon Drake, right? Right. They've got Zach Zenner and who Alfred Morris, and they've already stated even if David Johnson goes, they're going to use a committee style approach. So, and I mean, I who, think yeah. that I still think that you can run on San Francisco. San Francisco's run defense. Their entire defense has been amazing. Yeah. If you can find any way to exploit them, I think it's in the running game. Because, and especially what Arizona does well, the reason Arizona's running game has been effective is because they spread everything out so much. And I would assume that Cliff, while I don't give Cliff a lot of credit, I would assume he's smart enough to say, we're going to keep trying to do what we do and not change up our game plan, and we're just going to keep trying to spread you out to create these running lanes. Uh, because Kyler's going to get eaten alive. Like, I'm not starting Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's dangerous. And I don't want to start any of their pass catchers because none of them are reliable anyways, including Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I'm not starting Christian Kirk. Not starting uh, literally any other pass catcher for them. So the only people that are viable are those running backs. And I'm not saying go out and pick up Alfred Morris or Zach Zenner, but I think that David Johnson, in most standard leagues, you probably don't have a better option than David Johnson if he winds up going. And if you've, if for whatever reason, I couldn't believe Kenyon Drake was still owned in seventy percent of leagues, which is just absolutely absurd. Yeah, he was owned by. He everybody. hasn't even been. He wasn't even a starter for Miami for for a month. Was he one of the guys that said he wanted to be traded? Like, was he also like one of those Miami guys in the locker no, room? No, he never said that. They just um, benched him. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, no, one, it was because they were trying to trade him, and Miami's going out of their way to be bad. Like they're, 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 No, they're genu- tanking. They're genuinely going out of their way to be bad. That's why, like, Monday night, that Deontay Johnson touchdown. Hilarious. They literally <laughs> all-out blitzed on third and 20. Like, nobody yeah. all-out blitzes on third and 20 when there's 10 seconds left in the first half. Everybody plays deep to keep you just from throwing a deep ball. And then, okay, and it was an underneath pass. It's not like it was a 40-yard bomb from Mason Rudolph. It was it was an underneath pass that Deontay Johnson just took for a 40-yard touchdown. Um, That's our guy, though. So they're clearly tanking. But I, I think that, yeah, I, I think that David Johnson, if he plays, I, I just don't think that you have a better option. Or And if, if he doesn't play, then I think Kenyon Drake 
is the best option, and I think you just put him in and hope for a touchdown. I think David Johnson has to play, right? Like, he's been off the last two weeks. Well, he doesn't have to play. I get it. Like, I'm saying, but, like, for Arizona's sake, I mean, I know that they're not going to go anywhere and they're not going to be a playoff team, but if they want to keep trying to be competitive, I feel like he's got to play. Like, I don't know if Kenyon Drake knows their playbook well enough yet. He just got traded. They're playing a monstrous defensive line. Like, Nick Bosa became a household name last week. If they he can't wasn't already. genuinely think that they're a playoff. Team. No, but like, you don't want to just like, like. There's just no way. Not in that but, division. Yeah. And not with how difficult the NFC is. Like, no, I NFC, get it, but they don't want to just. Like, Green Bay, 7-1. and one. Minnesota's a wild card team right now at 6-2. and two. Yeah. New Orleans is 7-1. and one. Carolina's 4-3. and three. San Francisco's 7-0. and oh. Seattle's 6-2. and two. So right now, your, your two wild card teams are both 6-2 and two football teams. Like, no, you're, I, not, you're not a playoff. That's team. not what I'm trying to get at. I'm just saying I don't think they want to just like have the season be the rest of the year a wash. I mean, but we're it the, is. Any, 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 but that's not how they're going to play it. Not, but but you think I, gonna, I agree, but what's what's the benefit of playing David Johnson in this game? If he's ready to go, I think and he plays. He's, not, he's obviously not, though. He, okay. he's, he's injured. Like He's clearly injured. He's got multiple injuries. Like I don't think he's going to go in this game, and, and they and they 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 pulled that the two weeks ago with the with Chase Edmonds where they were like, oh, he's going to give it a go, and then he played two snaps, and they were like, yeah, he wasn't ready to go. Like That's just, there, I don't think there's any point in trying to get him ready for this game. You just trade for Kenyon Drake, see what the hell you have in him. Fair enough. I just only play Zane Gonzalez because he's a stud. He has been a pretty good kicker. He's the number two overall fantasy yeah. kicker on ESPN. Yeah. He's awesome. Triple digit points. Uh, double digit points in three straight weeks. Yeah, I think they're going to uh, struggle to move the ball a little bit this week. But if they're going to score, they're going to kick 40-yard field goals because that's what they're going to do. Uh, yes. San Gonzalez is a very good kicker. But when I get to some streamers this week, there's a lot of... Uh, so I'm if you're like me and you went Carson Wentz heavy in a lot of fantasy leagues you're in a very tough stretch right now. Yeah, he's Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz who is still has still managed to linger around the like 9 10 11 range. Like he's still been productive enough mm-hmm. to stay a top 10 quarterback, stay a starting fantasy quarterback. Uh but I benched him last week for Jacoby Brissett in two leagues. It didn't really work out for me. I benched him in another league for Derek Carr. And this week he's got Chicago. I know Chicago's defense, their run defense has been bad since they lost Akeem next to IR. Uh, but their pass defense still very, very good. Carson Wentz has a bye next week. Mm-hmm. And then following the bye, he's got the New England Patriots. His schedule does open up a little bit yeah. after that, but he's got a brutal stretch. And so these are people that I'm looking at if I have, if I'm a Carson Wentz owner specifically, I'm not just looking at them to start this week. I'm potentially looking at them to start three weeks in a row, mm-hmm. and that's because he's got a tough matchup by Patriots. And so, as I've already told you, and I know that he's not doing anything to make the case better for me, but I've got faith in the schedule. Um, Sam Darnold is still available in a bunch of leagues. And rightfully so. He's got like seven interceptions in the last two games or something. But like one of that. them was against New England where he threw like five. Yeah. But he's got this week. I, I'd rather stream I'd rather stream Sam Darnold against the Dolphins, I think, than start Carson Wentz against the Bears. Um 
because the Dolphins are just that bad. Like we saw it on Monday night. Like they that Sam Darnold's much more talented than Mason Rudolph is. One hundred percent. And Mason Rudolph had a very productive fantasy game against the Miami Dolphins because they're the Miami Dolphins and they're that bad. Yeah, and the Jets have been embarrassed two weeks in a row. Right, yeah, and like, like Sam Darnold's not that type of quarterback. Yes. And I, well, I think the Jets are a genuinely bad football team. Head um, coach, they're still more talented. They have more talent on that roster than the Miami Dolphins do. Yeah, like the Miami Dolphins are straight up a Division Three football team right now. Like you go back to Carson Wentz' schedule. Like Carson Wentz is going to win people championships because of what his playoff schedule looks like. Because it's Miami Giants, Washington, like literally in that order in weeks thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. But another guy that could be possibly a good streamer this week is Daniel Jones, I think. Yeah. Like uh, I, well, yeah. And so, well, that's the following week with the Jets. Yeah. We will. He also gets the Giants that week. So right. that's that's another week that Sam Donald, very startable quarterback. Following week, Washington Redskins. Great match. Following week, Oakland Raiders. Like, that's four consecutive games that are he's super startable in. And... That I would likely like, you know, aside from the Raiders game, which the Raiders are getting torched by everybody right now. Like I, I would start Sam Darnold. Like he's a guy that I would pick up and start three consecutive weeks in my fantasy lineup, even if they're even if they're not winning football games. And that might sound crazy, but that's what you do in fantasy football, unless you've got Deshaun Watson. Like you, you kind of have to play the matchups if you're, especially if you're a fringe playoff team. I think Sam Darnold's a really, really good option. What about the guy Darnold's going up against? Do you like anything around Fitzpatrick against the Jets? No. Not at all? No. I'm not messing with him. No Fitzmagic for you? No. I, I love Fitzmagic, but no, I'm not messing with it. So do you like... Yeah, that's true. Robbie Anderson big week then? Yes. Like, I love Robbie Anderson. He'd be a streamer. I, I, love, I love Chris Herndon, who I think is going to be available. Is he finally going to do it for you? Is he finally going to start? Uh, you know, Ryan Griffin had two touchdowns last week. Chris Herndon's a much more talented player than he is. Chris Herndon was one of Sam Darnold's God, favorite so targets. Like young guys. Oh, Ryan Griffin's not young. He's like 30 years old. Oh, he is? He's been around the league. God, Peterson. He played, he, played for, he played for the Texans for like five years and was never very productive for them. I hate the Texans' tight ends. <laughs> Why? I like Darren Fells. Darren Fells, thirty because years old. Because I picked old. up Darren Fells, and then I he didn't do anything two weeks ago, and then he goes off, yeah. and now everybody's like, Darren I've, Fells is a good start the rest of the season. Plug him in your lineup. Yeah, he's he's a top ten tight end right now. He's getting consistent. Do you start Darren Fells over T.J. Hawkinson? Not this week. Because TJ's going against the Oakland Raiders? Yes, and the Raiders have gotten torched by tight ends the last month. Like on Arizona Cardinal level torched by tight ends the last month. So I actually like TJ Hawkinson a lot this week. So he is a guy that you could absolutely uh, put in your starting lineup. Um, some other other quarterbacks that I think you should probably consider starting this week. Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um He's uh, got another good matchup against Washington. Uh, you know, last week we expected kind of big things from Allen. Um, it was really poor weather in that Eagles game and just kind of turned into uh, we're just going to run the hell out of the ball on both sides. Yeah. And the Eagles are better at that than the Bills are right now. Uh, so we saw how that turned out. But should be in a better situation this week against Washington. Uh, you know, Washington's also one of the worst teams. And now there's a report coming out that there's potential that Dwayne Haskins might be the starter for uh, Washington this week. 
So that should obviously help the Buffalo Bills defense. I think that'll set up Josh Allen for more success. I think he's a very good start this week. And I also really like Gardner Minshew, who got back into a groove last week, finally got my uh, guy DJ Chark another touchdown on the season. Uh, Gardner Minshew's just been really good, and he's going against the Houston Texans, who are giving up 294 passing yards per game. Like they they have not been a very good pass defense all season long. I don't care that they just added Gary and Conley. We saw how how big of an impact he had against the Raiders this week. Like Derek Carr had a very nice game. Derek Carr had three touchdowns. That's why I picked him up and started him in another league. Um, you can score on the Houston Texans, and, and they, they just, just lost their defensive yeah, juggernaut. Yeah, they just lost JJ Watt. Um, Deshaun Watson's got one eyeball that he's playing with right now. What a sexy play that was! Yes, it was amazing. <laughs> Um, By the way, I have to ask you about that because that play happened when you were in the press box. So how did you watch that? I was watching it on my laptop. And you just stayed calm after you were watching that or did you kind of like, oh my God. I mean, I was just like, oh! Because sometimes if you if you want to peek behind the curtain, sometimes like in the Chiefs press box, when you're waiting for that late game to start, like they'll all huddle around TVs yeah. and like you'll get reactions. That was like one of those moments where I figured that was like where that happened. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, so Gardner Minshew, who is still available in a lot of leagues, is a guy that I would absolutely consider playing. Um, so the Carolina Panthers just got railroaded by the San Francisco 49ers, as we already mentioned. Ryan Tannehill, uh, second straight good game in a row. And I'm curious uh, like if you would consider starting him against the Panthers this week, because he had three touchdowns last week, which he kind of let me down because that, that game, his first start of the season... Was targeting the hell out of AJ Brown and Corey Davis had over 300 yards. They had uh, more targets and receptions than they had had in a single game all year. Last week he comes out, he's just going after the tight ends like crazy. And Corey Davis and AJ Brown didn't get any looks. I started AJ Brown a couple lines because I thought he was getting ready to explode. Uh, thankfully, my day was salvaged by AJ Brown catching a short touchdown pass at the very end of that game. Uh, but Tannehill still wound up with like 193 yards and three touchdowns. Panthers just got smoked by the San Francisco 49ers, and their defense has been kind of up and down. I'm not really willing to bank on Tannehill this week, but I think he's a he's a viable streamer moving forward. Yeah, he was picked up in a lot of leagues uh, last week, and actually I had to play up against him because somebody had a Patrick Mahomes, but. Yeah, I mean, I like Tannehill. I don't have a problem with Tannehill playing in Tennessee. He's clearly been able to move the football better than Mariota was. It's kind of hurt Derrick Henry owners, I guess, a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe Derrick Henry's just being Derrick Henry. Um, but A.J. Brown's an interesting uh, candidate that you bring up because are we able to believe in A.J. Brown as long as Tannehill's under center? I mean, I'm rostering him. Yeah, that's it, right? Leagues. Nothing else? Don't start him? Unless I, you have to. I started him last week in multiple Yeah, leagues. like he saved you the um, touchdown, but I mean. But it was, a, it was a great matchup against Tampa Bay. This matchup's a little tougher. Uh, I'm not starting him this week, um, especially after the scare that I got from them last week. But I think that A.J. Brown's a guy that should be rostered in all leagues right now. Yeah, because his schedule's pretty easy. Like, he gets the Chiefs, which isn't easy-easy, but then by the Jacksonville, Indy, Oakland, Houston. So, I mean. I just I'm confused with AJ Brown because I'm like you I kind of believe in Tannehill and I think that he moves forward and I think AJ Brown's this guy. Uh, some potential s- streamers at the tight end position I already mentioned Chris Herndon absolutely love Chris Herndon. Yeah. Uh, Darren Fells is still available in way too many leagues. 
Uh, I, I know a lot of people don't buy into it, and they think maybe he's going to fall off because he's a 33-year-old who's never been highly productive until right now. God. Deshaun Watson likes him. Deshaun Apparently. Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. He's making the case for MVP. Deshaun Watson really likes Darren Fells. Darren Fells is the number seven tight end on the year right now. Darren Fells is a guy that should absolutely be owned and started in every fantasy league. Unless I started him in a dynasty league last week. Yeah, I just don't trust him, man. I don't know what it is. I mean, what's not to trust? You got two touchdowns from him last week. Okay, and then the week He's before been he had, and then the week productive. before, no, he hasn't. The week he before has, he has for a tight end. Yes, the week he before he had two has. catches for twenty-seven yards. Yeah, that's that's what you get outside of most tight ends. Like that's 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 the risk you're running with a majority of tight ends in the NFL right now. He's had a game like, of 15, week, 16, 12, yeah. and then he had the explosion but, last okay. week. Other than that, zero, okay, 1.9, so so 2.2. What do you expect weekly from a tight end then? At least six points. Okay, so he had 58 yards, two touchdowns against the Raiders. Yeah, Colts, two two catches, 27 yards. Okay. But Chiefs, six catches, 69 yards. Week He'll before that. that. Week before that, two catches for 20 yards, but touchdowns. they were both for touchdowns. Yeah. That's huge. You'll take that any week from, from your but tight end. But that's inconsistent. It's not though. That was the, the only time he the scored. The touchdowns in- aren't inconsistent though. The touchdowns are coming. Like he's got against the Chargers, five catches, forty nine yards, and a touchdown. Like who are who are you gonna go pick up that's gonna give you anything more than that right now? Chris Herndon, if he's available, I think can give you more than that. There's not another tight end that's available that I think you'll get more consistency from unless you're unless you believe in Johnu Smith, which I kinda do too. He's still a young player who's still really developing. I think he's a really talented player. He had a big game against the Bucks at 78 yards and a touchdown, and he's still available in a lot of leagues. So I think that he's a guy you should go pick up. But if I'm if, I, if I'm going to pick up anybody, I want to go pick up Chris Herndon. But Darren Fells needs to be rostered and started in a majority of leagues because you probably don't. If you're still trotting out Greg Olson every week, you should be playing Darren Fells over Greg Olson. Like I want to play Johnny Smith, but I just feel like his matchup this week is too tough. Yeah, but I mean, but at tight end, it's a crapshoot, anyways. Who right. do you have? Like, who do you have that's better? Like, you just you you. Go I don't with, know. I just I you, just you don't have know. to go with the streamers, and you have to play the matchups. And if Johnu Smith's getting consistent volume from Ryan Tannehill, I would rather put Johnu Smith in my lineup than keep trotting Tyler Eifert out like he's ever going to do anything. Well, I mean, I think that Hawkinson is Tyler Eifert. Yeah, but okay, yeah, but Hawkinson. And I think Hawkinson's a guy that I would start this week because he's got a really good matchup. But Hawkinson's not going to give you that week to week. Hawkinson's a rookie, and he's not ready yeah. for the NFL stage. So Darren Fells has been around for a long time, and while Darren Fells might not have the uh, the prestige that TJ Hawkinson does, I would much rather start Darren Fells right now than TJ Hawkinson, who's got one fantasy-relevant game on the year, and we're still acting like because he's got Rob Gronkowski potential – he should be starting over Johnu Smith, and I don't think he should be. I just, I just keep believing in myself that that Detroit offense is eventually going to start finding him more consistently. I mean, they really aren't though. They I aren't know, going but out they of their way to do it, so I don't expect them to. I do know, that but that's why I'm telling soon. you, I'm trying to believe that they will because I just don't understand how he's just not throwing it to a tight end when they literally only throw the ball because he's a rookie and because they have good wide receivers like. And Matthew Stafford has done this before. Like, they did it with Eric Ebron, who's obviously a talented player. I don't think Eric Ebron's, you know, one of the 
five to ten best tight ends in the NFL. But we saw last year when he went to an offense that focused in on tight ends, he could be productive. And he's still been productive, although he's been a letdown this season. He's still been productive for the Indianapolis Colts. Like the Lions, Matthew Stafford just doesn't traditionally target his tight ends that much. Maybe that changes for TJ Hawkinson because he's so incredibly talented. I just don't see that changing this season. And especially in a position where tight end is the hardest position, in my mind, to transfer from college to the NFL. And we see that over and over and over again. So Hawkinson shouldn't be rostered. Rob Gronkowski shouldn't like Rob Gronkowski didn't have a productive rookie season. No, I know the narrative with rookies and tight ends. I'm just saying like it's what true. I'm to, it's not even no, a narrative. I, it's it's a truth. Okay, truth. Whatever it may be. So you're saying that TJ Hawkinson shouldn't even be rostered. I would drop him. Okay. I but would, you said before I, we I did mean, this that you'd play him this week against the Raiders. Yeah. He's a but perfectly serviceable streamer this week. But we're we're not arguing about anything. I'm telling you how I feel about TJ Hawkinson. No, that's fine. I'm just saying I don't He's I'm a just, perfectly serviceable streamer this week and if you want to start him, sure. He should, under no circumstance, be looked at as if he is a weekly starter over Darren Fells because Darren Fells is better than TJ Hawkinson right now. Fair enough. And I think Darren Fells has more value and is better than TJ Hawkinson moving forward. And I believe that about Chris Herndon. I probably believe that about Johnu Smith. I don't believe that about Dallas Goddard because he's got Zach Ertz, but Dallas Goddard's been productive two weeks in a row. Been longer than that. Like Dallas Goddard's a very talented player. He's a guy that you could consider rostering. rostering. TJ Hawkinson is a very talented player. I have TJ Hawkinson in a dynasty league, and I haven't started him once this year. Like He's obviously a talented player, but outside of dynasty formats, I'm not giving myself a headache over keeping him on my team. I would rather just drop him if I think that there's somebody else who can, who can bring me more consistency right now. Like he's a talented player, but he's looks like a rookie and he looks like the NFL's too big for him right now. Some other uh fantasy sleepers though. Um so I a popular pick this week for some reason is Philip Dorsett. And you know I love my guy Phil Phil Dorsett. I think Philip Dorsett, this idea that Mohamed Sanu is just better than Philip Dorsett, I think is really frustrating. Yeah. Because Mohamed Sanu's never been that great. I think he's a he's a good role in that offense, um, but I don't think that he is a a special player by any means. And I think that Philip Dorsett has already shown a really good chemistry with Tom Brady. Um, but Sunday Night Football, Patriots Ravens, uh, a lot of people like the Patriots a ton in this game because the Ravens defense hasn't been very good this season. Uh, but I think that the people are overlooking this matchup because. The Ravens were on by last week. The Ravens just played Seattle, and they basically shut Seattle down. And Marcus Peters looked like a game changer in his first game after they acquired him from the Rams. At a pick six, he had uh, he Russell Wilson. I think only targeted him three times. I think one of them was a pick six, and the other two were incompletions. And after that, Russell Wilson stopped targeting him after the pick six. Like like Marcus Peters. I think is going to be amazing in that defense. And Jimmy Smith already said this week that he's ready to play against the Patriots. He'll it'll be the first time he's active all year. He's been hurt Damn. all season. And Jimmy Smith is a top ten cornerback in the NFL when he's healthy, as well as Marlon Humphrey, as well as Brandon Carr, Marcus Peters. Like that secondary all of a sudden looks like it could turn the corner right now and look like it's one of the five best secondaries in the NFL. 
So I'm not as sold on Philip Dorsett this week. I love Phil Dorsett for the rest of the season. Uh, I think that people are putting too much stock in that Ravens defense that they saw like the first six weeks of the season and not putting enough stock in what they saw against Seattle before their bye week. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the Ravens-Patriots matchup is kind of like a sit back and learn because like everyone likes to pick on the Patriots that they played the softest first eight week of schedule of any time in the NFL and now they're starting to play some decent teams. So I'm just not sure yet. Um, like I, I, I like everything you said. I mean, I, I'm a full believer in that defense too. I think that Marcus Peters is also a game changer. Clearly had a pick six in his first game with the new, with the Baltimore Ravens, but I just, I'm done trying to like go against Bill Belichick and like the way that he can scheme. I know he's more so on the defensive side of things and it's that little turd, whatever his name is on the offensive coordinator, but, uh, Josh McDaniel, but like for me, I just, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like the Ravens defense. I definitely think uh, that's what you got to do is if you're if you're doing that for like a sleeper, you want to look for something, and maybe this is a game where New England gets exploited. Um, I don't know, but I'm I'm with you 100. percent I think this defense is moving forward in like an upscale more than a downscale. Super super deep dart throw <laughs> that I really like this week. Jets. Actually, Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears. Stop. Chicago against, oh man. So Anthony Miller's been a massive disappointment. He's a guy that I was really touting before the season started. Who are your top three biggest disappointments so far? We're halfway through the season, so we can kind of do this, even though I go over the top on you here. But who are your top three disappointments? Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I'll tell you mine. I don't don't have that off the top of my head. Chubb, Drake, and Vance McDonald. Um, Or not Drake, I'm sorry, Kyrion Johnson uh, Nick Chubb and Vance McDonald are my three. I thought Vance McDonald was going to, granted, quarterback went out. I thought he was going to be like a top five tight end. Uh, Kyrion Johnson, before the injury, I thought he was going to get a lot of action. But, yeah, clearly. Yeah, I mean, I guess Carrion would be up there. Um, yeah, I mean, see, I, I never thought Vance McDonald was going to be anything different from what he's traditionally been. Uh, he's just an injury-prone tight end who's never been as productive as he was supposed to be. <laughs> thought he was going to be a stud this year. Um, but, I, I mean, I think Juju has kind of been a disappointment based on where he was drafted and what people were hoping him to be. Sure. Uh, granted, yeah, again, that's the the Ben injury has a lot to do with that. And I, I'm kind of – I'm disappointed in Le'Veon Bell, I, I guess. These were disappointed. I th- I really thought that Le'Veon Bell was, and I, I didn't draft Le'Veon Bell in any leagues. Yeah, uh, because he was going higher than I was willing to take him. Right. Um, but there is a scenario where I would have taken him if it presented itself in the right situation. Uh, Anthony Miller. That's but interesting. he was a guy that I just I really thought that he was going to come back and like prove everybody wrong and like prove that he was still one of the best running backs in the NFL. And again, that that's another thing with like circumstance. He's just really bad team, uh, really mo- bad head coach. <laughs> mono, you know. Yeah, he had to go there, I guess. Uh, but I, I think did that, get weird. I, with I the do Jets. think that he's going to have an opportunity to turn it around with this schedule too, because it's so fantasy friendly. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I think he could bounce back in the second half of the season. Uh, and Todd Gurley, I really thought that. Todd Gurley was going to be like I I there was a scenario where I would have taken Todd Gurley in a lot of leagues too because I was like you know he was a fantasy monster for two years then the arthritis and all of that stuff started catching up and now they're resting him and I thought like you know maybe 
They'll do that for the first couple weeks of the season, and then he'll get right back to yeah. being that guy. And it's not like yeah. he, he's just not that dude anymore. Something's and not right. I, I, well, I think that like they might still he might still have opportunities and games where he where he shows flashes of yeah. it. But like they aren't even trying to get him that no. type of work anymore. Like yeah. it's just not in the cards. And so that's disappointing to me because Todd Gurley's still so young. And I still think that he could be a really special player. But there's something not right with him. Clearly. Uh, but Anthony Miller is yeah, your cat. absolute dart throw. <laughs> He's a guy that I did genuinely draft him in a lot of leagues as like a last round pick. Yeah. Um, I quickly cut him because the Bears offense is just hard to watch. It's tough. But he does have – he's caught 12 balls, 19 targets, past three games. Uh, not Nothing huge. But the Philadelphia Eagles, like you're obviously starting Allen Robinson in this game, despite mm-hmm. the Bears' struggles on offense. Allen Robinson's been fantastic. Allen Robinson, God, I wish that guy could just get a quarterback. Like he could be such a special player if he just got anybody who was reasonable at throwing a football. <laughs> and yeah, he had Blake Bortles before Mitch. Like he just got anybody who was halfway decent. Andy Dalton could make out everybody know how great Allen Robinson is. Coming full circle. Um, but so obviously you're starting him. But like the Eagles have given up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers on the year. Like they've gotten destroyed by everybody. They give up points yeah. to everybody. And like I, I still think the Eagles find a way to win this game because I think overall they're a better football team. They're better coached. Like right now, Matt Nagy's not looking great in year number two. But Anthony Miller's been getting more involved, and he could have an opportunity in this game. So it, it's. There's nothing about his numbers that say I should go add this guy and play him. Right. But it's a super, super deep dart throw that I really like because he's not going to be started anywhere. So it might be more of a like a daily a, guy. A DFS yeah. type of thing. I mean than, he does than anything else. You're right though. I mean, in his last three games, he's got twelve receptions for well over a hundred plus like over hundred and fifty yards. He has uh he had four for 52 against Oakland. He had five for 64 against the Saints. And he had three for 67 last week against the uh, the Chargers. And, I mean, like you said, favorable matchup. If they're just going to pound out uh, Alshon Jeffrey, then, yeah, that is that is kind of a sexy little dart throw. Is that this week's episode's title? Is just the Anthony Miller dart throw? I mean, it can be. I mean, I'm all about darts. And there's not, um, you know, obviously you're starting Dalvin Cook against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we haven't gotten into the Chiefs much. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm still operating with this team until Patrick Mahomes comes back. The only guys I want in my lineup are Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I know McCole Hardman had a good game last week, um, and he had some things that were schemed up for him. And I think Andy's going to have that stuff drawn up every week for these guys to try to make the scores as easy as possible for Matt Moore. Um, but the Vikings defense is just better than the Packers defense. And yeah. the Vikings defense isn't this shutdown unit that it has been in the years past, but it's still good enough that I'm not willing to start third and fourth and fifth options against them. Not with not with Matt Moore as the quarterback. Yeah, and you're not using any running backs whatsoever in that in that no. uh, unless you have to, unless you're just like forced to use like LaShawn McCoy. Um. Yeah, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Other side of the ball, Thielen said he's going to practice Wednesday. Stephon Diggs, he'll play. Um, I know Kurt Cousins has been, what, would you say like a streamer as of late? Or just like... Oh, Kurt Cousins, in my opinion, has been a straight-up starter. I don't know if I start him this week. Um, because what we talked about when we were doing this. Yeah, so 
with him this week, I think I am shying away from. I, th- I think I agree with you on that. Um, because the way the Chiefs are blitzy now yeah, with Spagnola is they're coming with stunts and inside. And he well, can't move. The Chiefs have, what, 14 sacks in the last two games? Right? Yeah, huge number. Granted, um, one was Flacco. Uh, yeah, but even still against Aaron Rodgers, like the, the Packers have a pretty good offensive line. Yeah. Um, and they did it without Chris Jones and without Frank Clark. Like, Frank Clark was at least in that Denver game. Yeah, and Jones is supposedly back um, this week. Yeah, he he was at practice today. So I, I think that Spags is, he's been doing such a good job scheming that stuff up. Like, because obviously Cousins isn't Rodgers. Cousins, like, the way yeah. Rod, Rodgers made some miraculous plays in that. He but he also it. did yeah. what he does, which is move around the pocket, find a way to get the ball out of his hand. Yeah. Kirk Cousins does not do that. Kirk Cousins, he can he can shed some tacklers every now and then, but Kirk Cousins isn't gonna isn't gonna do a ton of rolling out. He's not gonna, and he's certainly not going to do what Aaron Rodgers did on that touchdown pass to Jamal Williams. Oh Christ! Like, I think that if you get to Kirk Cousins early and you disrupt him a lot, you can get in his head a little bit, and he can start to struggle. And the Chiefs' pass yeah. defense. Has still held up pretty well. Like their past terrible. defense, like their past defense didn't get absolutely torched by Aaron Rodgers. A lot of it was just those fucking running back screen <laughs> screens. <laughs> yeah, those. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like I like Thielen. I like Diggs. I love Dalvin Cook, obviously, in this matchup. But I mean, yeah, I'm just not. I think that people might get hit with Kirk Cousins because I can see this is like how people get angry in fantasy. Like, uh, well, Kirk Cousins had a great matchup. It's like, and, yes, the Chiefs defense has been bad all year, but it's against the run, and now they're starting to blitz up the middle and take quarterbacks out that spot. Like you said, Kirk Cousins is one, two, three, look one read, look two read. If it's not there, he's tucking and going down. Uh, and so that's the thing, too, is that even if he's struggling in this game and yeah. he doesn't look like he's looked over the last month where he's been absolutely fantastic, their running game's so good that they don't necessarily need him to be because yeah. uh, Cook and Alexander Madison, who has been who has been mildly fantasy relevant, even with Dalvin Cook being incredible, Alexander Madison's had some very good games recently. Like they can utilize those two guys a ton in this game. So, I mean, you're still playing Thielen and you're still playing Diggs because they've been too good lately for you to risk benching them. I know Thielen's coming off the injury, but he's likely to be active. And uh, uh, the Chiefs, Kendall Fuller might be back, but even so, Kendall Fuller playing isn't going to be a situation where I shy away from Adam Thielen. Yeah. Um, and I think Adam Thielen's just a must-start if he's on your roster movie. Like, yeah, he's yeah. just that good of a receiver. And, he, yeah. and Kirk Cousins so, loves him some Adam Thielen. I, I mean, I'm starting a lot more Vikings than I am Chiefs this he, week. Yeah, four over what? I don't know if you start Rudolph. You're, you hate Rudolph, so you no, start he's, him. No, he sucks. Thielen, Diggs, I guess, Cook, I guess Cousins. He's a, he's a viable streamer, I yeah. suppose, because the Chiefs are bad against tight ends. The but he, he yeah. sucks. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and then start your Vikings. Sorry, yeah. Chiefs fans. I'll be at the game. They're 0-3 at every game. Yeah, you got to watch out for this, man. Like, you're with show stamp of approval. You're at Serta's press box of stance. Eh, no, it'll be fine. Uh, and then, they're not going to win. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win. But two, two of the games Patrick Mahomes wasn't even in, so those games don't really count. Uh, all right, you got a game of the week? Yeah, I like San Francisco-Tampa Bay. Um, I think that uh, that seems like a game that Jameis Winston can get just a little bit more time to throw the ball. Seattle, Tampa Bay. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, Seattle, Tampa Bay. I just think that like Jameis Winston can actually like maybe throw the ball a little bit more in this one. I think that I know that he's going to throw interceptions. That's just the way it goes. But this has a potential Jameis Winston game of he could throw for 350 yards, four touchdowns, two picks, really target both of those big stud receivers. Um, Mike Evans was a beast last week. I don't see why he can't be a beast against Seattle. I really like that matchup, and I also like Green Bay and the Chargers as well. I think a lot of offense could be played in that. I really like the Lions and the Raiders. Yeah, you start Neither, the car bo- again? Bo- both teams are bad against opposing passing attacks. There's going to be a lot of passing volume in this football game. I think they're both starting quarterbacks are in play. I think that both teams' wide receivers are in play. I actually really like this matchup for fantasy purposes. I think it should be a fun game. But uh, thank you guys for listening. This is Forced to Punt. You can find us on the 435 Podcast Network. We'll catch up with you next week. Darren Phelps. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.